Look at us be all modern and hip. Yeah. You know? Ooh, don't be obsessed with us. Don't. <laughs> no, but like seriously, that would be really stressful. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Do please that. don't. Like us um, safely from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> Respect our boundaries. Like with love. Yeah. Stay Email us, that. but don't say hi to me in person. <laughs> I will cry. Oh no. And I'm Gabe. And we're, and we're the Cools Next, Next Door. Talk about spooky stuff. As we have been known to do. Yes. And we are starting a new series. Uh, well, it's not a new series. We've done it before, but it's new this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's new right now. We're doing it again. New yeah. Year, new us, I guess, right? But same us a little same, bit. New Year, same thing that yeah. we did before. Yeah. See, you figured it out. (laughs) We got there. We are doing our Horrors of Society series. We have done it before. It was great. Yeah, we definitely got, like, deep, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Definitely some heavier energy, which, I mean, like, this will also probably, yes, will do. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Society. Society (laughs) just be like that, It's doing the work for us. Yeah. (laughs) uh, This series will be really interesting because we're, you know, covering some things it that are similar to what we've covered before but a little different there's also been some really interesting newer things that have come out between now and when we did that series that have been on our radar forever so i am really excited to finally cover them uh, including today's episode which is about swarm which is a show that came out this year so we're like right on the money yeah look at us be all modern and hip yeah Ooh, don't be obsessed with us don't. <laughs> no but like seriously that would be really stressful <laughs> yeah please don't do please that. don't like us uh, safely from a distance yeah <laughs> respect our like boundaries. with love yeah email us that. but don't say hi to me in person <laughs> i will cry oh no um, don't do it yeah it's yeah so we're gonna be talking about swarm which is a series that i feel like I, I've been talking about, I won't stop talking about it. Uh, I was just telling Kat that I wish we could just do, or, you know, maybe in the future we would, a whole series that was just me talking about every single episode of Swarm, because there's so much to unpack with every episode. And with it in its entirety, I'm going to be talking for forever. Yeah. And it's hard with shows, because like a movie, you know, you get like your little blip and mm-hmm. you experience it and then it's done but it's yeah. sure, there's like a bunch of episodes that like each are doing a different thing especially um with who made those like it's expect ex- expected that we would be doing a bunch of different things all in one show because the other show that they do is very much like that too so yeah it was a lot to unpack but like in a very good way and we could not unpack it all in an hour so yeah maybe one day yeah and we'll even have. in like the seven like limited seven episodes right like so much yeah. happens it's so intense it was even too short and i'm like why it was more <laughs> yeah it was quite you know it it was impactful and it's stuck with me. And I, again, I've been telling everyone who will listen to me for more than like a few minutes that they should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's definitely my favorite show this year so far. And there's a really good reason for it. it it's, I just think it's beautifully made and really emotional. And I think it's saying a lot more than what people even think it's saying. Cause it's pretty obvious yeah. about what it's saying to some degree. And then there's other stuff where you have to really look 
that people don't yeah. always want to do that. Yeah, we uh, I, there's a, quite a lot of similarities to some of the con- like uh, topics that we've covered on past episodes. So definitely recommends uh, you know reviewing some of those. So I won't be like going down the same path. Like I will not talk about the harms of fandom exactly uh or the effect on the stars and the performers because we've done that we we did that in our perfect blue episode with dory and it is definitely something really interesting but i think there's this whole other part of it that we're gonna get into that'll be really cool but definitely make sure you check out swarm if you haven't seen it i will be going into spoilers because i just i can't again i can't stop talking about it let's go watch it it'll be really quick and you'll thank me later that you watched it and uh, then you know listen to this to expand your appreciation or maybe even understand it better because it 100 because it throws so much at you and like I agree with you. Like at first, when I first left the show, I was like, I don't want to watch that again because that was a lot. And then now I'm like thinking, of, I read like information. About it, I was like, I totally missed that. I need to rewatch it again because I missed a bunch of stuff in only one watch. So like, I totally agree. And yeah. then I watch it like three times and then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you missed, caught stuff we missed. I don't even know. Yeah. I think there's something about the show too that I found really exciting is like when I, when I talk to people who've watched it, mm-hmm. what they come away with and what they want to talk about with it is always different. And like, hmm. there's like, it helped me understand what I got from it and what I was like, all I knew was that I was really enthralled with it that I was yeah. captivated immediately and then it ended and I was like, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. And then it's like, <laughs> why was it amazing? <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But then someone would ask or try to work through something and then me explaining it. I was like, that's why it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's why. <laughs> that was all I wanted. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I highly recommend watching it and then talking to people about it. Like get yourself a little like book club for swarm or for like, content like this can really help uh elaborate your understanding of the piece but also maybe an appreciation for it or a respect for it even if it's not something that's like up your alley you might uh find it's the importance of it and like why it exists i will say i've always been like uh not jealous but i do there you you just everyone has like a person they know whose like whole mm. personality is that they like this thing like whether yeah. it's a band or a director or an artist or a film like it's their personality you know you buy them a lot of stuff you think of that that artist you, you think exactly of this person what to buy for them yeah for holidays like yeah. that's their thing yeah you ask them what who's their favorite artist and they know and they don't have to think like who what what do i listen what an abstract question (laughs) i listen to one person a lot for like eight months and then i changed my mind (laughs) like Uh, when (laughs) when is my favorite yeah like i read books like constantly i'm an avid reader uh crazy reader and someone was like who was who's your favorite writer and i was like (laughs) um i don't have that giving that classification would be like too stressful to place specific value over like because then you're like all other books are trash and that's not true you love books yes if anything your special interest is books yeah not a specific author you know exactly like mine's video games but you ask me what my favorite video games i don't know (laughs) 
They're all different. They're all different. They scratch different itches inside your head. So like you need to find all of them. And if you give one specific one too much power, then it's like stressful. I get what you're saying. I just feel like I do too many things. Like I wish I had like one thing, right? Like what is it? Like Jack Paul trades a master of none, but far off more than a I forget what it is. Master of one, right? Yeah, yeah it keeps it's going. Better than a master of one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like it's so good to do all the stuff, right? But yeah. I don't have a one thing. I don't have a one thing that people, besides like horror, right? People are like, yeah. oh, horror, that's your thing. And it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, if you I ask like me what my favorite horror movie or director is, I get like, I can't tell you. Um, but I could tell you that I love Jordan Peele, right? Uh, yeah. But it just, it, it makes it hard if you want to have a cool like roller derby name or burlesque name or something because it's like i don't care about anything more Gabe, than you're it just is so cool that like you can't be put into can't a be, box can't be held down by one thing yeah, yeah. you're just you you're an amalgamation of wonderful things you can't oh. just have the one i get it you <laughs> yeah. want connection you want a community want it all. Want you it want all. the thing that gives you that like driving thread where you're like we are all one under this fandom. Yes. And we, can, we don't get to have that. And that's okay. <laughs> but it's still, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'd love to be a, like a stan, you know? Yeah. Like even in my fascination of BTS, right? Like I picked a new boy every week. I was like, yeah. this is my favorite boy now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I literally cannot choose. <laughs> yeah. You cannot make me. So yeah, I, I, so I am always like I think it's really fascinating and I do feel like a a kind of an envy for people who know what they want like that thing and are dedicated to that thing like it brings you joy we know you can bring it it can bring you joy so I can give that to you can give you cookie right yeah but I don't have that it's like people are like what do you like and I'm like what's your cookie I don't know (laughs) changes every day (laughs) so um if you are a person who really love something and you're known for loving that thing that's so rad like keep that up keep doing that but like safely (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is the whole that's a part of what this is so uh why don't we (laughs) hop in because i got a lot to say do it (laughs) so we're talking about swarm from 2023 right on the money today uh it is about a young woman's obsession with a pop star takes a dark turn it is created by janine neighbors and donald glover of atlanta and also childish gambino yes and uh community yes Right. Uh, so let's tell you what Swarm is about. And then I will let you know when the big spoilers are going to happen. So you can skip ahead uh, or just really honestly go watch it. And then again, it's it's really important. To, like, it, I think it helps to know what's going on for sure. But yeah, uh, I will let you know. You know how it works here. So Swarm is an exploration of the mentally damaging toll obsession and fandom can have on a person. The complex and emotional series follows Dre, a fan of the mega celebrity singer who is 100% Beyonce, uh, named <laughs> Nija. <laughs> it's very unsubtle. Like, right in the first episode, she has, like her secret album drops lemonade right uh and the video <laughs> is like literally i can't remember which video it is of beyonce's but it it's i can see it it's in my head when she's vibes, with the yellow yeah. dress and she's she's beating up everything yeah um, they call things swarm queen bee yeah, yeah the swarm like, you know, queen yeah. bee queen bee yeah exactly it's like so on the so many things happen 
and I will tell you about them that are li it's literally Beyonce. It's crazy. So I I did see that um, uh, neighbors did write a letter to Beyonce just to be like, hey, hope it's cool. <laughs> Heads up, this is happening because I was like, there's no way you could just do this and Beyonce is not gonna come at you because it's literally yeah. hard. So um, after a truly horrible thing happens to Dre that sends her over the edge, she begins targeting non-fans of Nyjah because she's that obsessed, right? And her obsession with the star becomes her one pillar, a coping mechanism that has anchored her through a very troubled and misunderstood life. And after losing her IRL support system, she seeks out justice in the form of murder. It's the only way she knows how to do to deal with stuff yeah and once she loses that like last restraint that last person who in a way was like her nija she just snaps right yeah. so throughout the seven part season uh dre travels the country seeking to right the wrongs of those online trash talking uh the the goddess nija calls her a goddess she's a goddess yeah. In her journey, she interacts with a wealth of characters who impact her mental health even further. They're all so memorable and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> From the powerful and entertaining gaggle of strippers to the soft, health conscious venue employee. Oh, <laughs> got trapped in there with the cake oh what a time yeah. and others uh dre is never in short supply of an audience people are compelled by her peculiarities desperate to understand her or place her into the right hole only to find her shape something unlike anything they've ever encountered before and she worships nija for being a goddess but finds herself akin to a trickster god weaseling their way out of hairy situations they brought upon themselves and propelled forward by obsession yeah. She's 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 in herself a god because of what she manifests. It's insane. Um <laughs> Manifest, like, manifesting is powerful game. Yes. <laughs> That's what they say. So So we have covered the toxicity of fan culture in previous episodes on the ghouls, including our Perfect Blue episode, which covered uh just the toxicity and harmful effects of being an idol, and then also like this ownership, the like the harm for celebrities, but then this ownership of the fans that they feel for them and how that's horrific. And the serious yeah. swarm on the surface is a story of toxic stan culture, but it evolves further into something simply using the theme as an overcoat. The true wolf beneath is that of loneliness and isolation, as Cal yep. is saying, this need for connection. And as we begin to learn about the troubled serial killer Dre, we find a deeper pain masquerading as fandom. Uh, yeah. It is simply the vehicle by which she is navigating her world and making it take shape and understanding the world. <laughs> but yeah. it's really not. The, it's not anything, which is the whole thing. Anyway, so the yeah. show is a fascinating exploration of stand culture. But creator Navers also explained it in a letter to Beyonce that it is also a love letter to black women. Uh, she said something like, yeah, Dre is doing a lot of crazy stuff, but it is. <laughs> At the yeah. heart, a love letter to black women. And Dre is a powerful force of chaos who is acting out in desperation. But you will find that her entire life is a cry for help and acceptance. And Neighbors also describe the work that went into the world building, which feels like a parallel universe with events that parrot the ones that happened here in our own world, saying, we did research for months 
to basically find events within a two and a half year period that we could put our main character into. So it's really not a work of fiction. We've taken real internet rumors, real murders, and combined them in the narrative of our main character, Dre. Not much of it is fabricated. So it is just like a piecemeal of like that, like that amalgamation of all these different um events that have happened in fandom or just in life and just crazy yeah. circumstances so all the things that you're like that's absurd it well it did happen it just wasn't <laughs> yeah. like the one person happening too so that kind of gives a little more validity because it is really absurd you're like yeah. there's no way but it but there is a way <laughs> so uh i think that just adds to it because there is this question of like what are we actually seeing and what's what of it is real and what isn't which yeah. is what you're asking when you think about the real world. So um, now I'm going to get into those spoilers. So go ahead and watch the show and then uh, come back. Because <laughs> I want to work through some of the impactful and intriguing situations in the show. And I would argue that even knowing what happens, the performance of Dominique Fishback is compelling enough to make a rewatch feel new. She's yeah so just overwhelming (laughs) i was captivated the entire time i have also you know seen her in other things um jesus and black messiah phenomenal she broke my heart then too um i can tell you the show play by play but never affect you the way she can where she transports you into that vulnerable place of desperation and so dre sports an obsessive personality one that sustains itself on a crutch we learn about her throughout the show and are even given a peculiar behind the scenes glimpse into her past in episode six which is my favorite episode (laughs) What is created in those snippets of history is a clear picture of a very troubled Dre. Uh, Because Dre is someone desperate for support and understanding. She desires love on an intense level, however, believes herself incapable of it or worse, undeserving of it. And so is never really able to accept that even though she wants it or even admit that she wants it. She lashes out when not given what she wants. Um, she doesn't quite operate in the same like social ways that people are used to, which always like makes people a little wary of her, uh, which is incredibly unfair. And um, she like her only way of, of communicating that love is through her obsession with Nija. And she tries yeah. on several occasions in vicious and heartfelt instances to share this love of Nija as a way to show her love for someone else. So yeah. it's like, this is the vessel in which I use to show my emotions. Um, yeah, it's just the way that she can make her thoughts clear. It's yeah. like, I really love this thing. You absolutely, like, I can't understand anyone who doesn't love this thing. And I can, I'll talk about it. So I give you, I give you cookie. I give you cookie. Here. And I give you Nija, you give me Nija. And so let me get into it because Nija is so much more than just Nija uh, for Dre. And I think that's really what's important is like, yes, we can talk about how Nija is Beyonce and uh, her obsession with her is a problem, but it's like, but that's not even what it, matters about (laughs) so let's talk about dre's complicated history so in the beginning we find dre getting a credit card so that she can purchase truly expensive beyonce i mean nigel tickets uh beyonce tickets be out of this world like what are you doing um there's like a character like is like oh her capitalist husband i was like exactly (laughs) 
I'm like, no. Um, I was like, those are the words I feel about Beyonce. Yeah. So anyway, she has made such a reckless purchase in an attempt to cheer up, reconnect with, celebrate with her roommate and foster sister, Marissa. And Marissa loves Nigel too, though not as strongly or as des- desperately as Dre because she's more... Um, like normal quote-unquote right like she has other things other connections yeah yeah she has other things to like care about and so it's she's can show her emotions differently uh in the shared love and appreciation for the artist dre had found a connection so from their youth the fact that they both enjoyed this uh it was a moment of connection for them and so she's holding on to that uh so she's hoping to reconnect with her and confirm their relationship through this act that in her history has proven to work and after a fight separates the two sisters dre's go dre goes out for some forgettable and distracting sex and when she returns After finding a troubling voicemail on her phone left by Marissa the night before, she hurries to share the Nigel tickets with her and cheer her up, um, only to find that Marissa is dead, having killed herself. And there are questions people have that whether or not she actually did it, though in an earlier scene when she's like fixing up her hair, she did her makeup, you do see scars that she clearly has struggled with this before. Yeah. There's also the there people were making fun of her because they're like, oh, she killed herself because of Nija. Um, and that the whole story is based off of a urban legend of a woman who had supposedly uh took her own life because uh Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. Oh, it was like, and if he could okay. do that on this, like the queen, the most amazing woman, then there's no hope for us or something. And it was made up. It wasn't real, but she had the same yeah. name. So <laughs> that was like one of the, the kind of based on a true story, even though the huh. story was fake. That's um, super interesting. <laughs> yeah. So she is gone. And this is the last anchor uh, to any semblance of stability that Dre had. And it finally snaps, letting Dre loose on the world. And the Venn diagram of Marissa and Nija becomes a singular circle, the two interchangeable in her mind. They, yeah. she is, so when she harms someone who spoke out against Nija, she's also getting justice for Marissa. Yeah. They are one and the same at this point. So further, the connection with Nija is something that has grounded Dre and her understanding of herself her entire life. Because we learned that her first act of violence had been as a child, and her memory of this uh, event has been warped, we discover, uh, through a conversation with Billie Eilish's uh, Nexium-esque cult leader character, Eva. Um, it says Nexium, if you're unfamiliar, Nexium had this, like, it was like an uh, yeah, inspirational uh organization uh but then there was this like shadow group of women who were being blackmailed and forced into being like essentially slaves for these upper level people and they got branded uh like literally branded and the girls in the in the cult are branded too yeah so i was like oh 100 also (laughs) Billie eilish is amazing in this and i was like i will join sign me up yeah (laughs) sign me up i can't stop looking at you (laughs) It's, I'm like, what are I we doing? Like, didn't know they act like this. Like, I, I was really just like blown away by their performance. Uh, I had no so idea amazing. that they had these acting chops like hidden away. It was so good. I was like, I'll tell you all the dirty secrets they have. Every single one. 
take, <laughs> the take therapy it. method too before like I realized what was actually happening I was like this seems really like it would work I would go to a therapist you, just, you distract them yeah like yeah br- hold, bring them back bring to back my memories I don't know where they are ever like come on please <laughs> they deserve um, to be back there I did this yeah. to save myself anyway in this yeah. conversation slash hypnotism Dre explains yes. that she first heard Nyjah while being scolded by her grandmother for spilling the milk only we learn soon during this get out tea time sunken place moment with Billy that the milk was the color red and definitely blood from some incidents that Dre is guilty of. So we learn yeah. she has done this thing. And then later we learn that she was in the foster system. So it's like, was that the situation that spurned her? Anyway, Nigel was there. <laughs> and then yeah. later she connects with her new foster sibling over the same love and devotion to Nija, and she finally finds a friend and it's insinuated that Marissa and her relationship may have potentially developed into something funny or queer uh, had it been allowed to continue uh, her parents were cautious about their interaction because it was like oh they're gal pals um, they were yeah. roommates and it's like but were they yeah her complicated and broken history has affected dre's understanding of the world throughout life she has in different ways expressed herself in obsessive and socially misunderstood uh emotions and she has had an inclination towards violence not fully understanding the wrongness of harming others as she herself has felt harmed by everyone she's encountered except marissa yeah she admits to being called dyke liar stupid and pig throughout her whole life and her otherness is something people always pick up on and make no attempt at hiding the distaste of she was always going to be misunderstood and though her anchor had become marissa and nija it honestly could have been anyone and anything so that's why i think nija actually doesn't matter um so well yeah because it was all just like a coping mechanism yeah it's not sure. really about Nigel, which i guess like fandom really isn't about the person either it isn't yeah it's not <laughs> so yeah that's the that's like a whole thing um yeah there i throughout the whole show like they show dre to be kind of awkward and every time like people are just constantly like you're so weird and it's it's uncomfortable um yeah, they're, like, really rude to her a lot of the time. Yeah, they call her, like, a freak and all kinds of stuff. They're not afraid to do that. And and yeah. clearly Marissa's, like, the the one who's, like, giving her any kind of social connections. So they do it through Marissa. And it's only because they like Marissa that they even deal with her. So it's it's really sad. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It sucks. So yeah. though the series is an obvious critique of stand culture, much in the same way that Dre's violence has little to do with actual Nija, the show has little to do with any specific fan base. And in an article in the Mary Sue that Kat shared with me titled The Significance of Swarm or God Giving Dre a Happy Ending, writer Teresa Giacino critiques the limited reviews of the show saying... This is why I find outlets like The Verge calling Swarm a send-up of Stan culture to surface-level a read. Dre's obsession with Nija could have been anything. While the connection to Beyoncé and real-life acts of violence may th- make the story relatable to viewers steeped in pop culture, Swarm isn't a, a commentary on the dangers of fandom. It's a reminder of the importance of actively choosing to connect with other human beings, even and maybe especially if they seem a little strange. Yeah. And I think this really brings me to what I found very fascinating about the show was, um, and we, we've talked about this too, like even in you, right? When I talked yeah. about how by season three, it became not just uh, a commentary on the characters, but a commentary on the 
the audience and yeah. that's really what the show has is <laughs> it's, it, like i think it's like it's incredibly meta which is exciting so i think there's like this cyclical critique that's happening so though yeah. each episode starts with a title card explaining that this is not a work of fiction and that any likeness to real people's situations and places is intentional the story is an act of fiction there yeah. are many events in the series that are inspired by real events and as mentioned uh the beyonce-ness of nija is incredibly unsubtle including a scene where they have not solange uh beating <laughs> not yeah. jay-z in an elevator uh <laughs> And of course, everyone uh, being fans of Solange and finding her more spiritual. I was like, I get, I love Solange. <laughs> so, <laughs> get it. Uh, the series is a meta commentary not only on stain culture, but all of our obsessions, our comfort watches, and guilty pleasures. And for the first five episodes, we follow Dre on her tirade where she encounters other weirdos and outcasts like herself. And yet, still, she still sees herself as other, even alongside them. Like she is in her own yeah. world at this point nobody's going to care about her and if you try she doesn't believe you so yeah we follow as she spirals further into her mind rewriting the narratives around her to depict herself as a heroine she's like i'm saving nija yeah. Nigel's a goddess and i'm fixing it so the show is meta even in its casting featuring uh the beyonce's own pop star protege chloe bailey uh, <laughs> who's that's her mentor, uh, a prince of pop's daughter, Paris Jackson, and the incredibly talented pop star, Billie Eilish. So inspired by real events that seem too absurd to be true, but absolutely are, the show takes us on a wild ride, including uh, there's a scene with those uh, strippers I mentioned earlier where uh, they end up killing a guy who changed their tire, and that happened in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so... You think it's crazy. Stranger than fiction is real. Yeah, that's true. So what I appreciated the most, however, was its decision to turn the focus away from a stand-in for any stan or a stand-in uh, <laughs> uh, character and instead turns its face to us, the viewers, as true villains and problems of the story, right? So Fishback is compelling and heartbreaking to watch and her desperation to be loved palpable. And despite her gruesome decisions, we sympathize with and for her. Like she is literally murdering people, but you're like, okay, but they probably they didn't they weren't great you know like it's kind of dextery <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah th there's that one guy who's like living in that rich house and he's like twitter like really and she just like kills him and you're like well you were in this big house you clearly look like a jerk like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah you're yeah. you know comfort you're a keyboard hero out there so yeah and you all and like what you do see of dre's life is like honestly super devastating so you're like i also kind of get it like how we got here yeah i wish i had a little more context but i also so see how we ended up in this situation because society is society <laughs> yeah society be society um so <laughs> until episode six falling through the cracks uh in it the show takes a turn from its usual format of following dre through her journey to see nija and murder any non-fans and the episode is my favorite and it is a crime procedural mockumentary following detective loretta green Detec detective green believes she's discovered a serial killer and even more interestingly a black woman serial killer and it's like wait what is this um the episode is completely different from all the other ones as we are now seeing the 
the events through a new lens and it's this stripped down unglamorized version of events featuring different actors in the role of Dre and Marissa, her foster parents and everybody else. It's, it's eerie. And to the point where you, I like, I was Googling, I was like, is this real? (laughs) Is there really a person who's doing this? It it really recontextualizes the entire show and makes you question everything that has happened until now. And also realize that you have been doing as a viewer the wrong thing (laughs) you have been interpreting the show in the wrong way and so in this it's completely different it plays a trick on you in a way where um we see it and it's like loretta greens it, it is investigating what happens and so she you know, is pulling out these images and she finds uh marissa and it's a different actor it's like a different person it's like when you're watching like a show on like a true crime show it's so interesting to see that so in the previous episode we had seen a quite unbelievable and very sad scene where dre revisits her old foster home i say that it's it's unbelievable because it's really like we definitely believed it because there was a lot of crazy things that were happening before that and you're just like oh of course right like (laughs) we have been conditions to believe what dre says and uh you know they've where the the frogs in the pot where they've slowly been turning it up so by the time we get to this episode even though it really is insane it's like what is how like why would anyone do this we believe it because why do we have no reason to not believe it so we're watching the show we think it's real (laughs) dre like dre has a hard life i believe you um but it is uh here in in her foster home that we learn for certain that she and marissa weren't biological sisters we had kind of teasers of that there's like she was kicked out of the funeral and it's like why um and that marissa's family does not have love for dre they do not like her they live in a large home of luxury and dre is met with violence when she returns uh she also kind of she starts with violence but it's clear like something is wrong here um yeah i really enjoyed the beginning of it when she comes back into the house and she like reconnects with the dog and she's like poking around because i was like oh this is her home and just like something happens but it was never really her home and um they so we see the scene where they're like shooting at her (laughs) literally shooting at her to get out of this house which is like insane Cause it's like, who's calling the police? What is going on? So we go from this understanding of Dre's life, having taken in all of the insert absurd pieces of her story as fact as the promised true story of the title card. Uh, and then episode yeah. six destroys our understanding of the events prior and Dre's mental state. It absolutely huh. upturns that. So in this episode, we meet the real foster mother of Dre in a modest home. And her husband has passed away and she's just a regular nice lady in a humble house uh, who clearly cares about her child and is at a loss, right? When she learns that Dre may be in trouble, that she had been a child in need that was denied by her and her husband, she breaks down. She has the most heart-wrenching scene of feeling like a failure that she is at fault that she let down this vulnerable young girl and she had in truth and that she is a bad person because of that because her her husband was paranoid that they were getting a little too close and so and then she also had violent tendencies uh because she doesn't know how to express her emotions otherwise and instead of being patient and understanding with her and trying to work with it they just got rid of her 
Yeah. And there's even like a, a, a kind of throwaway comment from the girl that was attacked by her as a child who's just like, well, I can't imagine you just getting rid of your foster kid, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you just send her away, right? And seeing this stark contrast to the unmoving bitter woman that we met in the previous episode, it is jarring. It, it, it shows you like, what have we been seeing this whole time? Yeah. Because who really is it? Who is she? Who, who, what is anything? <laughs> uh, and Detective Green explains that her superiors and other detectives are having trouble believing her about the serial killer. Because uh, she she figured it out. She knew it was a black woman because there's like black hair care products. And the way that she like is operating in the area, she's like, she got it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, that, and these old white men aren't going to understand that. Um and she finds it also fascinating that she, a black woman detective, would be able to find and understand her, um, and even at times has a con kindred connection to her, finding that they share a last name, like the real Dre and her share a mm. last name. And she wonders what would have come of Dre had she been able to take her in. She like muses about like, what if my sister was able to take her in or my, my family? What could have happened to her? Right. Yeah. It, it kind of gives her a, a humanness that we haven't seen before. And we also meet Dre's social worker from childhood. And while there, Detective Green questions her about Dre's childhood, probing for some explanation for her behavior. Um, a moment of corruption to point to or blame for yeah. her actions. Right. And the social worker erupts into a completely justified pain speech about how she cares for each of the kids in her care. It was such like. I, as a as a viewer of this specific kind of content frequently, was wholeheartedly expecting them to to just be like, oh, yes, of course, she was, you know, harmed as a child. And therefore, she's like this now. Right. Like, yeah. it's so easy to point to something and be like, that's why. Um, and she refuses. Huh. She refuses to say anything. And she accuses uh, the detective of needing an excuse to learn that she's been harmed and therefore a victim or uh to 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 the label what caused her to act the way that she does and she says you need you need there to be a reason she was so messed up so you don't have to sweep your own front door and realize that you are just as flawed um huh. and she even goes into saying like like i'm not going to give that to you she's like i love all the kids and she was essentially giving dre the respect that nobody else did yeah. <laughs> like just treating her as a regular human like another person um and this is a critique of the the detective obviously but also of the audience and yeah. an audience that is just as eager to fanaticize dre as she was for nija and it, it's very clear that we are the swarm at this point yeah right? we have been bamboozled <laughs> but this episode also provides us with the true ending for dre one in which she has been caught uh she is now living as tony and she rushed the stage at a niger concert and then is uh arrested and green at the end of the episode is on her way to go see her and to hopefully confirm her suspicions she so desperately wants to meet her and just like hear her out what's going on yeah. So, um, however, in the final episode, we're given an alternate ending. So we return back to the format that we have seen throughout the whole series. We're back to Dre's 
worldview. Um, and it is one through the rose-colored glasses of Dre Now Tony. And even after finally being acknowledged as herself and to be loved as a queer person, she slips into old habits and murders her lover. It is yeah. very heartbreaking. I really was hoping. I was hoping. But yeah, was really the sad. episode before you're like, she, you know she gets arrested. So I was like, she's going to go to the concert. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the end, she finally attends a Nija concert. And as the previous episode told us, she does storm the stage. Only this time, in Dre's interpretation, Nija is Marissa. Uh, Chloe Bailey's face is superimposed over the idol, uh, revealing the depth of Dre's amalgamation of them. They have now become one like it's very clear like they've always been one for her but this confirms it and um Nigel's Marissa uh Nye Marissa holds off the security team <laughs> and allows Dre to speak before ushering her into the car and embracing her allowing her to finally cry and be vulnerable and just let it all out and this fantastic realism ending is the final scene one that solidifies the uncertainty of the entire show minus episode six and the reliability of our narrator thus far uh she was able to rewrite this ending to fit what helps her exist. And so you have to question, has she been rewriting it the whole time? Has any of this happened in the way that we saw it happen? Um, And what's really like, you have to ask that. And then ultimately we have seen a tale of a woman cursed in her difference and peculiarities who yearns for connection and finally finds it in the arms of her fantasies. Yeah. Which is uh, Nigel. I get it. Like, you just don't want to, like, make it really sad. And, like, they're clearly also going through it and, like, dealing with their own sadness and, like, trauma and what have you. So it's like, I don't want them to have, like, a sad ending. If anything, I'm Mm -hmm. just like, ouch, for the whole thing. You, like, already know she's unreliable because they have that scene where she's eating the plums and then it turned out she bit... Beyonce and that's Nida. super true um, yeah which is a real thing someone actually really bit Beyonce I didn't know that but someone who's a big Beyonce fan told me and I was like whoa get out yeah <laughs> I was like wow <laughs> who knew who bit Beyonce did we find out <laughs> was that I, mean, I think that's like part of the whole joke is that like they don't you know yeah. like I was like whoever did it that's crazy you can you imagine like, yeah I don't know. It's like a whole time. Someone just I, I totally agree, though, that the show <laughs> like, so definitely wrong. turns it on the audience because, like, it's making you think all this stuff the entire time and then it flips it on its head. And it's just, like, so creative. Such an interesting, like, awesome watch. Um, and now I just want to go back and watch it again, which I don't know if I, like, I felt before, but, like, feel just extra now. Mm-hmm. Just like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> you blew my mind. Oh yay. He said great words. I hope everyone feels this way and watches it. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like it was it was doing something, one, just super creative, but super unique. Um, and, like, exploring this in a way that just, like, had, I don't think I've personally seen done before in this exact way. So, like, mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. In the same way where it was, like, the, of like, no one believes that there's this Black serial killer, this Black woman serial killer. It's just, like, also no one believes that she's hurting like I yeah like that's uh, yeah I there's so many things so and one thing that really stood out to me about what you said uh specifically in reference to like people needing a reason to like monstracize Mm -hmm. people who like cause harm 
Um, it's my biggest critique of like superhero films all the time or like the way history is written because yeah. it's like normal people hurt people hurt people hurt people like any anyone mm-hmm. it's a, a serial being a serial killer is an equal opportunity employer yeah anyone can do that yeah <laughs> anyone could be a murderer by accident even like anyone could do that it's anyone could do it if they wanted to <laughs> um so like ultimately yeah. it's like a super interesting critique even i was just like that is so real but yeah like people are like really quick to like monstrosize villains and like kind of dehumanize them to the point or like you know like it just makes it seem like oh there has to be something that messed them up so bad for them to be able to like facilitate this interaction where it's like we're actually if you do look back on like historical records and all this other stuff most people who end up hurting people are just regular, regular people. Like, you know what I mean? Like anyone has the capacity to do that. And you monstrosizing them makes everyone detach themselves from their actions. You're like, well, at least I'm not like, yeah, I'm not like a super villain. You know what I mean? Like Like, super villains are regular people. Exactly. They pay their taxes. So like when you have like this, like for the villains who don't pay their taxes. (laughs) Yeah. When you have this fanatical perspective on people who cause harm, you detach like their humanity from them and therefore detach your ability to do harm Mm -hmm. in your understanding. So it's like super valid. Um, We are the swarm. That literally happens with like the, oh, it's in that episode that you missed. They they talk to a real, like they blur, they bleep out the name of the celebrity. So it's a, it's definitely Beyonce, but they're like, oh, we're the beehive or whatever. And he is a fan and he's talking about how they're, you know, oh, we we protect her. Like, she's the goddess. We take care of her. And they're like, oh, well, the, you know, they're talking about how this person is killing for her. And he's like, we would never kill for her. And there's like solid moments where he's like, no, we murder. No. And it's Murder's like, bad. because that's, who, <laughs> you know, we, we we're. F- fanaticizing we're putting this like fantastical realism on dre herself and then we aren't looking we're like oh well that's absurd that's crazy fans don't act like that it's like but fans do kill celebrities all the time well not all the time but yeah. have done that like, like it's not insane that it's a pattern <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. it's happened it's not yeah not possible yeah and it's just like people just have the capacity to do harm like our existence to exist is hard Um, And then also it's like usually any sort of pushing towards a bad, doing a bad thing. It's not one single event that does that. Like there's no like one thing that explains everything. It's an amalgamation of all this other awful stuff that stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks until the breaking point happens. And then the big bad thing happens. You know what I mean? Like it's a bunch of little stuff. It's not just like one big fancy Mm -hmm umbrella that mm-hmm. does it you it's know like the 13 so. reasons right it wasn't just one stack but yeah so let me get into it um my section is not long as gay because i wanted gay to say all the things so <laughs> as you're saying the show is a lot in a really good way to mentally process as so many stressful things are all happening at once and something that like was really cool for me is just like the way that the show kind of maintains tension uh in like this visceral sense that honestly transforms like what's kind of a short episode of 35 minutes and like stretches them to feel longer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think because of the short episode length, uh, there were instances where I was like, I wish we spent more time here so I could like unpack this a little bit more. I wish we just had more background. But now mm-hmm. I'm realizing also that Dre was maybe an unreliable narrator. 
that's why we didn't stay anywhere too long because maybe none of this happened how we thought it did. So mm-hmm. I see how we get here. She's not keeping it all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read an article that Gabe mentioned that I just found really helpful because it did outline some of the context that was missing called The Significance of Swarm or God Giving Dre a Happy Ending by Teresa Justino. So I just recommend reading it, honestly, even if you did watch all the episodes correctly. Uh, it just was like a nice <laughs> it helped me too. way to unpack the show in a way that was like, one, just like really thoughtful and then also just like gave a lot of context so that like explained it in a way that I needed someone to explain it because I think it just happened really fast mm-hmm. <laughs> and I needed someone to be like hey let's slow down and look at each little thing for a minute so that my mm-hmm. brain can fully process so if you yeah. have a brain that needs the time to process information a little bit longer yeah. also Jusino is talking about things that nobody else is talking about like yeah. everyone's like so caught up on like oh it's about stain culture oh Beyonce yeah. and it's like Don't okay but stop fan. and think about her think about Dre for a minute yeah. <laughs> and that's what she's doing like she's taking it from that angle of this is about black women yeah period so and, like yeah. giving respect to the like actual situations that I'm played and like how mm-hmm. we got the characters we did so yeah uh, the biggest theme of the show, as Gabe kind of talked about, is that connection is a thing that people need. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show, there are threads of connection we're given as an audience, and then we're tasked with watching hopelessly as life and society cuts those threads uh, and ultimately land our characters in situations that like further isolate them and leave them more vulnerable. Um, and many times putting them in danger, uh, either the side characters or our main characters, everyone was kind of just always in a perpetual state of like not being safe. Mm -hmm. Um, and we see this like unfold in a really creative way, uh, and how it showcases, that it's like so much deeper than fandom. (laughs) Uh, There's a hole that exists in society through isolation and vulnerability that is just so much deeper than fandom uh, where we just live in a society by design that is socially isolating. Uh, We have in America specifically, we have a very individualistic and capitalistic culture that is not about taking care of each other. It's very like survival of the fittest and other ableist gross ways of operating um and it goes against like kind of our fundamental design as humans because Mm -hmm. as humans there is a need for connection that is hardwired into our brains uh and our society unfortunately just doesn't foster that and because of that the similar motivations and points of vulnerability that exist in fandoms also like exist in cults and other toxic things that like prey on people who are in pain and who just want to feel connected to other people uh and manipulates them and puts them in further places of vulnerability and stress unsurprisingly results in a lot of pain uh it kind of just perpetuates it in a way that we really see unfold in the show and was so stressful but like great to watch (laughs) so throughout the show we see dre navigate like this connection that they have specifically to marissa but also like their connection to belonging Mm -hmm. uh and we see that connection get severed in like this really shocking and unexpected way uh and then we see that all the murders happen but as gabe said this is so much deeper than just like her defending nyjah uh it is so much deeper than even just like that one pillar of like trey has experienced so much in their life that has 
caused a lot of pain that they were never given the opportunity to process. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, they were never within the systems that exist, were never given the space to like unpack their emotions in a safe way that would otherwise give them the skills and coping mechanisms to not be murdering people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, No one had patience for them. They, they messed up. They said, bye. Like that's all that happened. And it was super unfair. And it's unfortunately as the show like shows at the very beginning, this is not a work of fiction. Like this is stuff that does happen to real people all the time. Um, Maybe not like the really dramatic murders every second, but like, at least the ways in which that we see this character get isolated further and further and pushed into points of vulnerability that are super stressful. So the desperation for connection is actually something that is explained by science uh, and is something that's hardwired into our brains. So I found a few articles, but this one kind of outlines it in a way that is very helpful in an article on Scientific American, and it was titled Why We Are Wired to Connect. Uh, and in the article, they outline how social connections impact us both like emotionally and physically, going so far to say that like our emotional pain manifests as physical pain. And if you have been here for any of my trauma research mm-hmm. episodes, that is real. Cortisol impacts your body and how it processes things, causes medical issues and stuff like that. It's like a whole thing. So um, in this article, they specifically outline the way that the need for social connection and like the lack thereof. Uh, we even talk about that in Pearl and how social isolation in childhood can be super damaging to the mind. I mean, Dre was maybe not isolated on a farm, but like they were socially isolated in the fact that they were ostracized mm-hmm. by the people around them and like sent never to really form strong connections because they're passed all around to different foster homes. Uh, so Basically, in the article, I'm talking about why we are wired to connect. They say that across many studies of mammals, from the smallest rodents all the way down to us humans, uh, the data suggests that we are profoundly shaped by our social environment and that we suffer greatly when our social bonds are threatened or severed. When this happens in childhood, it can lead to long-term health and educational problems. We not may not like the fact that we are wired such a way that our well-being depends on our connections with others, but the facts are the facts. Um, they go on to kind of outline what this connection means and how it connects between like physical pain and social pain and why that like classification is important. So they basically go on to say that like languages around the world use pain language to express social pain. Like she broke my heart or she hurt, he hurt my feelings. Um, but this could, uh, have all just been a metaphor as it turns out it is more than a metaphor. Social pain is real pain is what they outline. So in the severing of this connection, in the loss of Marissa, we're seeing Dre have to impact the fact like that that is like very real and visceral pain for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically with respect to the understanding of human nature, the finding is in their opinion, very significant. And they go on to say that the things that cause us to feel pain are things that are evolutionarily recognized as threats to our survival and the existence of social pain is a sign that evolution has treated social connection like a necessity, not a luxury. We've talked Mm. about this specifically and how like the system of capitalism acts as a perpetuator of harm because like you do need social connection to survive uh, biases and stuff like that interact people's capacity to give care to people. This happens in like the medical field. This happens in getting jobs. It happens in deciding who's allowed to have housing. Like there's a lot of factors that go into this. that so, like all kind of tie back to the fact that social connection is significantly more deep 
than just like, I don't like that person. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is honestly, as a evolutionary thing, life and death. It's a necessity, not a luxury. There's also a lot to be said about like how people misunderstand other people as the way they communicate. Like humans are also hardwired to try to interpret what is around them and further understand it. And depending on where you fall on like the neuro spectrum, Mm-hmm. You could be misunderstanding foundational things that further end up ostracizing you and putting you in harm's way. Mm-hmm. So again, that like one thing about Dre, like the only thing that did bother me about this show is that there are definitely traits that are exhibited by Dre that are neurospicy, in my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. as a neurospicy human. And I just don't like it when neurospicy people are coded as murderers, which we talked about extensively Wednesday. But like that is like literally the only like negative Mm -hmm. point that uh i took away from it but like she's also a queer woman and that all like there's also a history of horror villainizing them as well like we talked about that in our new french extremity episode so Mm -hmm. it's just like you can't make her yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like and like when nine times out of ten like as we see is that Dre has experienced a lot of violence uh, Mm -hmm. done to her. So it's like, it's obviously like it is more likely to happen to someone of those identities than them acting out this violence on others. Uh, And it's just like kind of (laughs) dangerous to insinuate that in media because then it just perpetuates that fear and already like uneasy feeling that people get. Mm-hmm. when interacting with people it facilitates a world in which society ostracizes people to the point where desperation and like social need gets so damaged that we have bad things happen um and i feel like that's something that uh the one writer uh from the article the significance of swarm where god giving mm-hmm. Dre a happy ending was like it. trying to say you know what i mean like yeah. they're really unpacking like the reality that like this was deeper than just fandom. This is deeper. It was a reflection that society fails people mm-hmm. and that like that is bigger than just like one blanket cause. We even see the show says it itself. Mm-hmm. You know, in that episode I didn't see. <laughs> the show says it itself in that like, you know, you're you desperately need a reason that this happened, like one blanket cause, but like love was there and like this existed and like they're not some fantastical monstrous beast. They're a human mm-hmm. and bad things happened and like people failed them and that's life, you know, yeah. and society, the horrors of it is that that happens a lot. Society, as you said, Gabe, be society <laughs> <laughs> um, in a way that is like super damaging and works against our own like natural brain chemistries because like the whole thing is like we desperately need this connection we need people to understand who we are we need people that we feel connected to for survival and without those pieces harm happens and like we shouldn't be surprised by that harm Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's like harm to you or harm to uh others like you mm-hmm. harming others because we just don't understand so yeah there's there's just so much to say and unpack about the show because they're like every single episode had its own commentary and i really appreciated like i i'm a sucker for these like traveling uh shows where you encounter regular people mm-hmm. that are a little peculiar as you go like i i really yeah. just 
enjoy like even she has this connection with Paris Jackson's character um who's just this annoying stripper right who wants to be her friend and you're like why does she want to be your friend like that whole like that interaction to me was really exciting and interesting like I was in it for that whole time so every single time she interacts even like she has a moment where this she tries to get into this really fancy gym and this guy is like he's like uh don't like this is my friend of course they go here and then he like accuses the gym people of being racist but then he is because he thought she was a different black person yeah. <laughs> she is and it's like i thought she, he was just helping her and then it turned out that he's just an idiot so i was like i want to know about this person i want to know about that person i want to know like it, it really like i i just love those kinds of stories i think it's really interesting because i think it was so much it was also like it was very much about dre it was very much about yeah. that but it was also very much about all the people she encountered yeah like a societal yeah. critique and also just like in seeing all these peculiar people people words oh my goodness uh we also like get a very clear picture that like normal doesn't exist like there are people of all varieties that exist everywhere and like us trying to say there's a normal within capitalism is inherently harmful because Mm -hmm. no one fits in these boxes everyone is a squiggly peg trying to fit into a square hole and none of us go there (laughs) someone goes there but that person is not the person that should be making the box ultimately um yeah, that's the whole thing. We don't all fit in there. And mm-hmm. Drayden, every character in the show, I would argue, for the most part, did not fit in any sort of specific yeah. place. Uh, and they had their own little wild, quirky selves. And yeah. I totally agree. It would have been cool to like get a little bit more of that. And it's like, maybe I was like, I wrote a whole thing where I was like, it'd be cool to get a season two, but I don't think like we were positioned in a place to get a season two. Like The end was very finite, but it yeah. would have been cool to like explore that world a little bit more. Yeah, which is very much it's it's a parallel one to ours. Yeah, so <laughs> we just need to go people out and us. explore the world. Yeah, well, it's like think about all the times that you've interacted with someone on a very limited, short moment. That person has a whole life, has a whole existence yeah. outside of that moment that you had with them, and we sometimes forget that, and yeah. we just interpret them as that moment instead of as a whole person and so yeah that's a super valid point too and yeah. all the misunderstandings that people have we're ever like we're inherently we've just been like oh that was my fault i did something it's like no probably just life society was society in their world because they got a whole other life world yeah. that exists yeah. it maybe has nothing to do with us <laughs> yeah you know? it's like someone was like really upset you know that then they had road rage but it's like maybe they had a really terrible day at work you don't know yeah. leave them be like <laughs> and just give people grace and yeah, like kindness give people grace. and like the necessity to like be kind helps across the board because then you are not facilitating a society in which that further isolates people and causes harm so it's like yeah. be kind, go about the world, be kind, get to know. give people grace, and give yourself grace too. Yeah, and yeah, stay connected. Don't obsess too hard on people. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it already. That's why I didn't get into it either because it's like we've talked about where fandom is stressful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we already did it. Uh, yeah. it is stressful. Don't do that. Like respect people as human beings, but like 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Just care for one another, and um, yeah, stay tuned for the rest of this series, uh, Horrors of Society. Uh, Let us know what you think about Swarm. If there's some things we missed about Beyonce references, let me know. Or if there's something else you want to talk about with Swarm, you can always let us know at theghoulsnextdoor at gmail.com. Check us out on socials. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, that's super real. It's true. If you're not like in on pop culture, you don't always catch everything that's in the show because there was lots of things. I was like, I don't know. I don't read those things. I don't know anyone bit Beyonce. That's crazy. That's a crazy thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's a crazy thing to not know. know, Like, like, Isaiah remembered the stories about like the uh, exact dancers that murdered the guy. Like, oh, wow. He remembered that. And that's how he was like, oh, yeah, this all is about real stuff. This connects. And I was like, I don't remember that at all. It's super interesting that you do. Yeah. Like, when I I knew Billy was a cult, but when I saw the the brand, I immediately knew it was Nexium. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I got excited about that because that's like a niche thing I'm into. Yeah. I'm talking about cults, which is literally what fandom is. I, yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Like, I could talk for days about Because it cults. scratches the same itch within society. It's like everyone's just sad and alone. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it it's the reason for the thing to exist is the same. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes. Um, awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, don't get married. I'll eat your kids. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.